This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really? Coming up for episode 129, Star Wars back on the big screen, and we don't mean Rogue One. Spider-Man versus Batman and Strange! Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. This is I Remembered It Better, a podcast experiment in geek nostalgia. Come on, bark like a dog for me. Ooh, I done a bad thing. We're on a mission from God. This is my boomstick. Kiss my converse. This was extraordinarily bad. Exterminate. I got a bad feeling about this. Now, here are your hosts. Oh, no. Not again. Welcome to I Remembered It Better, the show that takes a look back and asks, was it as good as we thought it was? Coming to you from Dayton, Ohio, where I've spent my evening being reminded just how good my kids are. I'm Cliff Haddix, also known as Revenant Geek, and I'm joined in tonight's analytical look back by from Palm Springs, California, where his house finally has doors and windows again, from the Geekitude Podcast, Joe Hogan. Hi, Cliff. How you doing? I am doing good, Joe. Let's 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 address the elephant uh, not in the room. Um, don't worry, the show is not falling apart. Just Ryan is. Uh, Ryan <laughs> is not feeling too well tonight, so he's taking he's t- taking a night off. So uh, we had talked to Joe about third chairing. So now he's second chairing, and it's me and Joe hanging out, getting to know each other, and talking about uh, all this fun kind of geek stuff. So, uh, what gives with the doors and windows? Well, for the last. Uh two or three months we've been under major construction we've been redoing basically two-thirds of our house (laughs) and um, they took out all the previous doors and windows maybe five or six weeks ago and then decided that the regular ones they were going to put back in weren't ready so they just boarded us up (laughs) (laughs) so i've had Ah. plywood walls for last five weeks or so so finally yesterday and today we we've got all new doors and windows and uh big gaps around them that still okay. need to be boarded up but hey at least uh at least we now have some some light coming into the you know what i find there's nothing neighbors like in their neighborhood more than a house with boarded up windows they exactly. usually love that and uh <laughs> let you know how much they love that possibly so well, uh, I think uh, our house was unique enough uh, that our neighbors are happy that we are making the changes that we are. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> y- unique enough. That's okay. That's one way to put it. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, well, for me this evening, um, y- I, we were saying, you were telling me just off air that you were a teacher. First of all, what do you teach? I teach high school English and drama. Okay. Very cool. Well, good on both of those. Um, my daughter is in kindergarten. And tonight was the math carnival at school. So they had all these little carnival games in each room that had a math theme to it. So my wife volunteered to run one of the games, and I kind of took my daughter from room to room along with our son, and she played the games. Like the, the way it would work, like they'd put out <clears throat> they'd put out things in a mathematical pattern, and then they would cover it, and you'd have to make your own pattern that matched it. And if you did it. You did. You got a prize. Um, there was like you had to knock down the bowling pins and count up how many of the pins that you had knocked over. So little things like that. It, just making certain the kids understand their numbers. But what I got to witness is that for some people, when it comes to parenting, they just don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a I, I know hate, where this is going. <laughs> I hate to say it, but. Uh, there, there, there's some people who have, you know, I don't know if it's a certain time of day or if they're having an off night, but man, they just checked out. You mm. know, it's like, oh, my kid is over there slapping another child. Not my problem. Uh, oh, my child tried to cut the entire line. Ah, that just shows initiative. You know, oh, my child, you know, is is taking more than their share of the candy. Ah, they're just a go getter. You know, I. I <laughs> Meanwhile, there's my daughter dutifully standing in line, playing her games, doing her thing, and having a great time. And it's like, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, but I also know it's because we've put in the time and we've tried to actually parent our child. And I'm, and I'm trying not to judge. I'm really trying not to judge, but I'm judging a little. Yeah, well, <laughs> as, as, a teacher, a little. as a teacher, I can say that those are – we call them um... – I get it, parents, because you'll see the kid and you'll just be like, I don't understand why they're doing this. I don't. And then you see them with the parent and you're like, oh, oh I, I can 
I know how this happened now. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a surprise. It's no. not a surprise. Yeah. The, my my wife is also a therapist, and she'll you know she'll have parents like I don't understand why my kid's acting up. It's like well because you you have not parented them for fourteen years, <laughs> that, that's why. <laughs> right, that's why they're acting up now. But ah, but that's that. And we could talk parenting and teaching and all that all day. But that's not why we're gathered together. Because geeks, fanboys, fangirls, call us what you want. We all have the things we love and obsess over. We often hold a special place for the things of our childhood. Webster's Dictionary defines nostalgia as a wistful or excessively sentimental yearning for return to or of some past period or irrecoverable condition. So how many of the things that we have geeked out in the past and may still to this day are really as awesome as we remember? And how many of them have we overhyped in our memory to the point that a second look will have us saying, why did we like this? <clears throat> Man, what is going on with my throat? So, Joe, what geek goodness have you been into over the past week? Aside of Windows. <laughs> side of windows um i have been playing a lot of skyrim this week i got hooked right. back in over the weekend and i unfortunately can't stick with a character so i've played the introduction quite a few times okay you get in a ways and then go but i want to do this really cool thing well, i really haven't built to this really cool thing all right i'll try again and so, so you've been... heard the phrase what in skyrim is that quite a few times <laughs> quite a few and run from a dragon quite a few times yeah although as as opening experiences go it really is one of the better ones in video games i think wow well we grant you yeah. i put maybe maybe the batman arkham games yes are probably a, a, a on the same par but yeah that for as far as an opening what's going on here yeah i would agree with you i would agree with you yeah and i also uh cracked open a new graphic novel well it's not really a new graphic novel um it's the fallen angels uh it's kind of an x-men series that was i think done in the late 70s early 80s and uh i heard about it on a, a podcast i was listening to and it sounded like fun and silliness so i cracked that open and uh and have been enjoying that but the rest of the week has just been catching up on on my shows, uh, the Fear of the Walking Dead, and anything with superheroes. That's, that's okay. what I've been working on. Okay, I have I I did not make the jump to fear. I I the Walking Dead I love. I did not make the jump to fear, and I don't I I may still go back, but uh, I don't know. I, I can't make up my mind if it's if if I. I left the season finale of The Walking Dead just feeling completely drained. Right. You know, just emotionally drained. It's like, you know what? Maybe I need to watch some happy television for a while. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe maybe a bunch of episodes of Impractical Jokers. Maybe that will help. But uh, no. So I don't know. All in good time. I don't know. I don't know. What What is it about fear that really draws you in? Well, you I can't say it? that I am really have been drawn in yet. I'm, I'm giving okay. it the benefit of the doubt because I love its uh, parent series. So okay. I'm kind of – I wasn't terribly thrilled with the first season and the first episode of this season's been, uh, you know, it's still early. So I, I just feel like it's predictable. I feel like everything mm. they're doing, you can kind of predict miles away, which is funny because I've read the the Walking Dead comic book for years, and I know what's supposed to happen. But they always have you guessing, even when they do what they're supposed to do according to the book. You mm -hmm. you always feel like you're right there on the edge of are they going to do it? Or are you going to do something else? What's going on? Yeah. Case in point, this season finale that we just came off of. Yes. We know who it's supposed to be, but we're not sure if that's actually what they're doing. So I, I don't think it's going to be. I don't I think don't they know. set it up for it. Well, they they have and they have it. I don't know. There's a lots of ways it could go. They 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 had a lot of people rise to the challenge of being. You know, they had a lot of great speeches, and we've all. Anytime anybody has a great moment or a great speech, oh, they're gonna die. Mm -hmm, <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. like, hey, T Dogs had a lot of lines this episode. Oh no, 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 <laughs> no, not T. Hey, Dale really had a lot of good things to say. Oh, you know, it's and there were a lot of characters that had a lot of really good things to say that episode. So, do you have a prediction? <clears throat> I mean. It makes sense to do exactly what the comic book does. You know, it, it makes sense for that to happen, in which case it's Glenn, which, you know, would would affect Maggie, would affect Rick, you know, because he's a core member. Um, but, you know, I don't know how it will affect the two of them. But right. that would have and, – and, and it would affect, you know, Daryl as well. 
Daryl, <laughs> one of the theories I saw as to why it could be Daryl was that, well, AMC just gave him that motorcycle show. So maybe they're trying to keep <laughs> keep Norman Reedus on TV when they know they're not going to have him on TV anymore. I don't know if that's right. the case or not. But uh, I don't know. I'm, And there's a part of me. I mean, they haven't started shooting yet. They may not have even decided yet. That's very true. That's very true. I, I think it might be Abraham. Oh, um, okay. Because, again, if, if you're a reader of the comic books, he he's the one who gets the random shot to the eye, not Denise, mm. in the comic books. So I'm wondering okay. if they did that to leave him open to For do this. this. Uh, okay. All right. Well, well I, I mean, and the whole thing about taking it like a champ, when mm-hmm. he was just like, you know, who... Who I don't know that it's possible. I don't know. We'll we'll we're gonna have to wait quite a while to find out. Yeah, and, and it's just like, hey, let's tune in tonight to find out who died. That's <laughs> gonna be such a such a. But you know, the other thing, and this is because you know how The Walking Dead does their thing. What if they don't pick it up in that exact moment? What if they? You pick know what? It up? You're probably right. That's exactly what, if probably they, what they're going to do. What if they pick it up in the aftermath, and we never see the actual act? We just see how they're responding to it, and little by little, we see various characters be revealed. You know, to to fit, to, to to count out who it's not. That would be awesome you know? and terrible all at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I like to. I like to. I like to twist a knife every once in a while in a store in, in in a reader. So who knows? Who knows if that's how they'll go about it? Um, for my week of geeky goodness, um, I've been playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm. But back into that, I watched the Heroes of the Dorm, which really got me amped up for it. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that, and uh, I, I had one of my friends from seminary text me. He's like, "Hey." Your game is on ESPN right now. <laughs> and I, I have been trying to explain Heroes to him a couple of times. And uh, so he's, I was like, yeah, it's Heroes of the Dorm. He's like, they're speaking another language. I understand none of this. And, I, and, and you know, and in watching it, I know they tried to make the language as accessible as they could. But still, it was a lot of rapid fire terms of mercenary, you know, camp, you know, objective, all of that, and, and trying to explain quickly to someone, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of people that did not just, oh, I'll just watch this and they'll explain it to me. But uh, who knows? Maybe they got a few folks. But I had a lot of fun watching that. Congratulations to Arizona State for pulling it all off, and they pretty much just rolled over everybody. But eh, there were still a few entertaining moments. Um, but I've been playing a lot and trying to. Uh, Trying to shake off some of my salt lately. I've been uh, noticing I've been getting a little salty when I, I feel that one or two players are obviously what's costing us a match. Because, oh, why wait for the tank when I can rush in myself and take on all five of these people myself? But no, no, don't do that! Uh, well, <laughs> Who are you playing right now? Um, I, I'm on a rotation. Um, I'm definitely playing a lot of Kale again. Mm-hmm. I like his new tweaks and I like his new kit. Um and scored 160k a hero damage in a match earlier this week. So I love the infinite living bomb. It's very nice <laughs> at level 20. Um, uh, Ming, when you can get her, it's really tough to get her in Hero League, but you have to draft for her very carefully. Um, and um, fair amount of Morales, you know. And, and those are the games that are the hardest when you're a healer and you're healing your you're healing your life out, and they're just not connecting. You know, you're keeping them alive, but they're not doing anything with the time that you're alive. They're alive. It's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm healing you. I'm he- don't hit them, hit them, hit them. <laughs> yeah, because there's actually, only so much you can do. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. With her little pop gun, there's nothing I can do to kill anybody. I occasionally throw a grenade to finish somebody off, uh, or the worst, and I've now had it happen more than once. I throw my stem on a hammer. And they unsiege and fly away because they don't know what that glowing effect is. Oh no! Oh, it's like I no 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 no. All right, but other things aside of heroes, um, I was listening to uh, Casually Hardcore, and uh, Gnomewise on there mentioned um, one of the new Justice League things that had just come out on Netflix, Flashpoint Paradox, uh, which I watched, which is. A story of alternate timelines created by the Flash. It's oh, that's a very, cool. very Flash centric um, episode, and it was very cool. 
It was really cool and really gritty. Like the good thing, the one thing you can do when you have an alternate timeline, you can kill everybody, right? And and the body count goes way <laughs> up. Like the apocalypse level uh, event is coming. So it's it's very cool, very cool. I really enjoyed it. It's on Netflix right now. And speaking of Netflix, I know I said we needed some happy television, but we finally started Jessica Jones. I was going to say are... that's quite the the transition. If you're you're trying to cleanse your palate from Walking Dead and you go to yeah. Jessica Jones, it's a little bit of a, a well rough shooter. I was I've been trying to get my wife to watch it for a while, and she started to watch House of Cards, the newest season. We watched an episode of that, and and she's like, "Tell you what." Tonight, let's watch House of Cards, and tomorrow we can watch your Jessica Jones thing. Like, okay, all right. So we watched one episode of House of Cards. Yeah, it was okay. The next night, we watched Jessica Jones, and we have now watched two more episodes because she <laughs> really likes it. She likes the thriller aspect of it. She hates that David Tennant's the bad guy, but uh, she, she, you know, she, she lo- she's liking what she's seeing so far. So, yeah, it's really, really cool, really cool. I, I'm, I'm glad to finally get to the party, and then once I finish watching that, I'll start Daredevil 2. Uh, but that's what we have been into. Let's see what's been going on in the news. Stand by for news. Epic news flash. And the big no news of the day is no news. This is Les Nesman saying, may the good news be yours. In the news. Yeah, we'll do it live. Well, we've been talking about the fact that uh, there are rumblings that we're going to get an Indy 5, whether we want it or not. And uh, producers are saying... No substitute casting. There's not going to be uh, any of this Christopher Pratt, or uh, that's not happening. You're going to get uh, Harrison Ford is the only Indiana Jones. And I just feel like they're limiting themselves with this. Like they're mm. they're basically saying, well, well, we know how fluid it's going to be. I mean, as soon as they want to make more money, they're going to say we'll we'll bring somebody else in. But I don't know. Harrison Ford is just kind of. Getting to the point where he's not able to do Indiana Jones anymore, I don't think. Not in the way he has in the past. No. I will not. I will not buy him throwing the whip and throw me the idol. I'll throw you the whip. Uh, throw me the idol. You'll break a hip. That's more like it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's gotten to the point where the last time we saw him, it was okay. You're getting to that point where these things are harder for you, and so you can kind of play up on the comedy <clears throat> of that. Mm-hmm. But he just doesn't have that anymore. And and yeah. at the bottom of this article, it says, you know, they, you know, he'll be seventy five or seventy six when he's working on it. But he wasn't too old for Force Awakens. But didn't he hurt himself like two or three times on Force Awakens? Yes, he did. Yeah, he he he. I mean, literally, you're getting too old for this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he his quote action is going to have to be way slowed down. Or a whole lot of cutaways. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so really good stuntmen. <laughs> really good stuntmen. But really, it's not that at that point it's no longer believable. No, I mean the thing that's great about you know the old movies is you know those long shots that are obviously Ford, you mm-hmm. know, doing some of the stuff. And you know, if we know the actor's too old, then how are we supposed to believe that the character's not too old? Well, and the big yeah. thing is, is you don't want to see. Uh, a fan favorite like Indiana Jones go out with a whimper. You don't yeah. want to see him kind of limp through his last movie. Yeah. And it makes you wonder if, and I think I joked about this on a previous episode, if Harrison Ford's now going on his, I'm going to kill off all my characters to her. Oh, I you know. know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Regarding Henry, going to kill him. <laughs> Dr. Kimball, going to kill him. Gone. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens with this. It's they say in 2019. If he doesn't have another door fall on his leg, I was just gonna like it's just so far away, and that two years when you're in your 70s is a big deal. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and there's there's in the picture in this article there's Boof hanging in the background. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, if, do you think they're gonna go and and move on to a like a a legacy character, but then it doesn't, then it's not Indiana yeah. Jones anymore. Well, the, the other, the other piece of this is, 
I still want to see the era it takes place in because they've moved forward eras in all the movies they've done. Mm-hmm. So is this going to be indie in the swinging sixties or seventies? You know, what's the? Yeah, I mean, the last one was the sixties, wasn't it? Was it fifty? Was it last one fifties or sixties? I think it was fifties because it was yeah. the yeah because yeah, the whole nuclear the cold scare. scare yeah, whole cold scare. So I'm guessing the sixties would be next. So like. I don't think I need to see Indiana Jones in the free love era. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think. No. Uh, oh, wow. Well, you're actually on the West Coast to the point that you could go to Comic-Con if you wanted. Have you ever gone to Comic-Con? I have been going to Comic-Con religiously for oh. the last 20 years. Okay. Okay. So this is. So so you if you want to you can see it. You have seen it. You'll go do it. Um do you do you, tell me about do you do you go for all of it? Do you go for a specific day? What do you what do well, you do? I usually go for the entire thing. Um I started back in the day where you would pay your 60 bucks and walk in and uh go straight to the kiosk, order your tickets for the following year and then enjoy the rest of the convention. Okay. And slowly, you know, the the price went up, and then maybe four or five years ago, they started doing all these special things you had to do to get tickets, and the only reason why I even have a chance of going is because I've been going so long, and we get in for the pre-registration stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But um, I like that uh, on this uh, next story, they're, they're thinking of doing a streaming channel, just a Comic-Con channel, and... You know, I I know you're a big Blizzard fan. Mm-hmm. I really like what they do with the Blizzard stream. You know, streaming BlizzCon. So I think I think this could be a thing. You know, really enjoyable, make it more accessible to everybody. The only problem is is it's not going to be just like the weekend thing like BlizzCon is. It's going to be a full on channel, mm-hmm. and so then it becomes whether or not it's going to be something that they can fill with enough content to do 24/7 all year long. Exactly. And now now I will I will grant that there is a huge void of nerd, you know, nerd-centric channel ever since G4. Before I preferred it when it was Tech TV. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then G4 and then what did it become after that? I don't it remember. Else. It became something after G4. But uh, oh that's what it became Spike. G4 is oh, what right, became right, right. Spike. Um but, yeah, to fill, you know, to fill, I don't know if they've got it for a full cable. But if it's if it's a streaming channel, I mean, that's the thing that you know that that lowers your overhead a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but the other the other piece of this though is, how do you decide which things go out on the stream? Is it just all Hall H all the time? Is it you know? Is it coverage? Is it? I mean. That's the thing. That's one of the th- good things about the Blizzard stream is there's multiple things going on, and you can decide which thing you want to watch. You know, you can move around. Are they talking about creating a situation where, while Comic Con is going on, that you would be able to look at whatever you wanted, or is it just going to be a smattering of offerings from the actual convention? And then here's all the filler programming we have. So. Well, I saw another article, I think, in passing that was saying that they're actually not even going to stream things like Hall H live. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, so, then what's the point? Well, they want to they make it special for the people that are there. And I understand that. I'm one of the people that's there. So I, I do want – but I haven't, been to, I haven't been to Hall H in a good 10 years because yeah. you just can't get in. And I'm too old to be sitting out in the, the – concrete for for hours and hours before they let you in but um yeah they're they're gonna basically show it after the fact so they'll probably do bigger programming in the evenings of comic-con and then they'll do smaller programming during comic-con i don't know i mean i i mean i've been a part of dragon con tv before that's the the parody team and we're also the ones that you know take care of feeding the signal back to the hotels and they stream different stuff from the events so that if you're in one of the host hotels when you go back to your back to your hotel room at night you can see things that happen during the day you know mm-hmm. little recaps you can see certain panels and that's always been kind of fun uh, but you have to at least be in the hotels to see it it's not something they've ever put streamed out online um you know i don't know this 
this is a core this is a little bit of a gamble i don't know how much money they're putting down to do this but uh it it also feels a little bit like on just trying to make money off the comic-con name you know, it's Comic-Con, so it's cool. So do it. Uh, I don't know. The only two positives I can maybe pull out of this is it will give some people an, a, a chance to see some of the panels that they would never see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it may be after the fact, but at least it's something that they can see. Because a lot of the stuff isn't even broadcast on YouTube when it goes up afterwards, when people put mm-hmm. their – because you have to put away your phones when they do any of the trailers or anything like that. Um, and I think they are going to be working with the the studios to be able to rebroadcast everything, not just you know the the discussions and the the question sessions. And then the other thing is is this may peel away some of the people that go to Comic Con because they say, well, if I can just see it at home, maybe I'll just do that. And I, but the thing for me though is the whole thing about being Comic Con. Yeah, it's neat to get a. Uh, a look at a trailer and all that but for me it's the social experience of being around all my nerds you know and tv is not going to make that happen you know <laughs> i i would feel so sad watching it on tv while everybody's there when i mean the blizzcon stream is all i'm ever able to do i've never been able to go to blizzcon same here but but like last year when i actually saw jules on the stream I felt so sad that all my <laughs> friends were there and I wasn't. It's like, oh, you know. But. Yeah, no, I understand that. But I think I think the thought is is that it, it's not going to pull away your diehards and it's not going to pull yeah. away people that that like con culture. Because it is. The, the people who go to cons regularly, it's a culture. Yeah. And I think um, for the people who are just curious, you know, at least, at least it will give them a chance to see, is this something that I want to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, promotion for later congoers, I would think. Exactly. Well, DC Comics is doing, I don't know how this licensing all works, but they're doing Scooby-Doo and Future Quest. And, oh my goodness, I am so glad you found this story, Joe, and put it in, because I started to scroll down, I'm like, Herculoids! Herculoids! Oh, I loved the Herculoids as a kid. That was one of my favorite Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, I love this. I'm a huge Scooby-Doo fan, um, and I think that's what drew my attention to it initially. And I love the fact that they're looking at all of these different characters in new and interesting ways. Um, The fact that they're going to combine Herculoids and Space Ghost and uh, Johnny Quest, uh, I think that's awesome. But I'm more excited for me uh, about Scooby Apocalypse because they that looks off the chain. (laughs) They've completely updated everybody. Um, If you scroll down to the the different like solo covers. Velma flies a drone mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's all the tech person. The only thing I'm not too clear about is where Daphne fits into all of this, because I think, you know, you've got Fred is the bruiser mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm sure that is she uh, the agile slayer, for lack of a better term. For Yeah. Or are they going to give her some sort of powers? I'm not quite sure exactly what they're doing with her, but it's so cool to see these characters looked at in a different way. Yeah, the, the, it's they, they kind of creep me out a little bit. But uh, uh, so when when is this coming down? When is this coming down the pipe? It's coming out in May. I think Future Quest drops on the 18th, okay, and Scooby Apocalypse on the 25th. Oh man, I haven't. I may have to go. This definitely would scratch a nostalgic itch for me because I haven't seen Herculoids in forever. But uh, even with Space Ghost and all Space Ghost I wasn't as huge on. And Johnny mm-hmm. Quest, I could give or take Johnny Quest, but the Herculoids, they were my jam. They were my jam. Yeah, I think the hardest thing for me with that is going to be trying to take uh, Space Ghost seriously. Because the, after, cause the space, space Ghost Coast to Coast has, uh, has, has tainted our, our view, but... Exactly. In the old days, it wasn't so much. You know? No, he was he was heroic, and you know that over the top melodramatic heroic that Saturday morning cartoons loved back then. Mm-hmm. 
Well, they're coming. They are. They're going to be rated T for teen, and they're coming your way in May. So make your way to the comic book store if you're looking to get uh, some Herculoids, Future Quest, and uh, Scooby Apocalypse action. Would have been mine if it hadn't been for those meddling kids. Hadn't been for those meddling kids. If it wasn't for you, Snoopers. Hadn't been for those meddling kids. Well, now that uh, Batman versus Superman has kind of had its moment to grab our attention. Uh, DC is moving on, and they're pushing hard with the Suicide Squad, and uh, giving us giving us a lot more Harley. They they want us to make sure we know Harley's in there. Uh, I, I just hope they don't show us all the Harley before the movie drops. Agreed, agreed. Because they definitely her having the mallet was definitely a, an oh moment. But mm-hmm. uh, they could have saved that. They could have saved that. Yeah, but Margot Robbie is doing a phenomenal job. Like she, if this isn't a good show, like if it if it flops, she will be the saving grace. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, everything I'm seeing out of it, you know, like the the, the stuff with Will Will Smith looks good. The the back and forth between the various characters looks good. The little scene when they're in the bar. I mean, it looks like if nothing else, the cast is having fun together. Yeah. And that is coming across in what we're seeing. Now, how it will all play out, we still have yet to see. How how the Joker fits with all this, how he doesn't fit with this, and how this fits into the wider DC universe, still waiting to see. But uh, I, I am, I'm stoked for this. I'm stoked for this. I think this last trailer got me more excited than I had been. My biggest concern this entire time has been the number of characters in it. That there's so many people in it that it's going to be hard to focus on any of them substantially. And so that's my only fear at this point. Either there's going to be a lot of red shirts mm. or um, or we're just going to get touches of most of them and it's going to be centered around two or three. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those is Will Smith, uh, Deadshot, because mm-hmm. we've already been told that they're – they're doing something else with him after this, so he'll get a lot of attention. Harley's obviously going to get a lot of attention. Yeah. Uh, the others, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, but at the same time, and and this is the exact, the exact, you know, equivalent. If you go back and watch the original Dirty Dozen, mm-hmm. which is what this basically is, this is basically the Dirty Dozen with superheroes, that's a huge cast. That's a dozen of those convicts. And you get interested in all of them before the movie is over. It's true. You get interested in all 12 of their stories. So it can be done. They're just going to, I hope they handle it well. I I really don't want to see them just have fluff characters. I don't don't want it to be a a villain that just we don't feel that interested in. Oh, if they die, we won't feel it. You know, I want to care about all of them before it's over, but. We'll see how they do with it. I'm known to be quite vexing. I'm just forewarning you. Well, if after watching The Force Awakens, it definitely has your nostalgic itch uh, for Star Wars at a fever pitch, there is a chance for you this August to go see it on the big screen. And I don't mean The Force Awakens. I mean the original trilogy is going to be showing in theaters in certain cities this summer. Did they say got- how long it's going to it's going to run in these theaters or is it going to be like a special performance type thing? And- I think it's going to be a special performance type thing, but I imagine a- 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 as many tickets as they could sell in a row, I imagine they would do an extra night or two. I don't yeah. think they're just one day. But uh yeah, I, I there aren't really any close to me. Uh Louisville, Kentucky, I think's the closest to me. You've got you've got uh Oakland and L.A. and uh, Oakland and L.A. are your closest, I think. So. Yeah, L.A. definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. Um, I know they're not showing the um, the original; they're showing the 1997 re-release. Well, that's all they could get. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we had brouhaha with the uh, the original remake that had been released online. Uh, that turned out that they immediately had to take it down because it was revealed that it was a stolen print that they worked from. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's still the ever-elusive original version in a nice digital format is still still eluding us. So, yeah, we, we may have to let that let that ship sail. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's unfortunate, but you know, at least we get something, and that's. Uh, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun way for people to introduce their kids to it if they haven't seen it yet, and and to watch it to watch it communally. Mm-hmm. There really is something cool about having people around you to 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 share that experience of seeing a movie. I mean, when I went to see Deadpool a few weeks ago, it was after it had been out for a while. I finally got to go. I went to a ten o'clock showing at night. And there was eight of us in the theater. Mm-hmm. And I know my experience would have been so much better, you know, on an opening weekend with, you know, diehard fans that were laughing at all the jokes and, and having those <gasps> moments when, like, Easter eggs were revealed. But, yeah, yeah I don't know. I th- It would be cool to, to watch it with, you know, mutual fans. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And that's why I hope they make them available enough for enough people to go see it. Because if it's one of those things where it's hard to get into and only a select few get in, that's always disappointing. There's a a 24-hour science fiction movie marathon that takes place in Columbus, Ohio, not too far from here. It's kind of a big deal locally. And it's literally... You you get your ticket and your pass, and it's twenty four hours. They nonstop are are screening science fiction movies in this theater, and you know, you go and you get something to eat. You come back in, you're like, oh, I don't really feel this movie. I'll come back, you know, whatever. And they always have a surprise or two that aren't listed. And I remember maybe it was a number of years ago. It was like before we'd had when it was. It may have been before prequels. And all of a sudden, it was the rum bum, rum bum. Oh like, my yeah! god! It was like, yeah! <laughs> I mean, what a surprise to have the original Star Wars, and you know. But uh, I mean, probably would have a, a similar reaction now. But uh, yeah, oh yeah, I I don't think I'm going to Louisville for this. Yeah, but uh, still, just trying to get my daughter to watch the first one on Blu-ray. Well, it's still a matter of time. Now I heard she said she didn't feel like she was ready. Is that yeah. what she said? Yeah, she doesn't feel she's ready. And what is she basing this decision on? <laughs> I told her I was six when I saw it. And she's now six. So she's like, I don't know. I just don't know, Daddy. I don't know <laughs> if I'm ready. And, and you know, and my wife is cautioning me, don't press her. The last thing you want is to start it. And she get bored in five minutes in. I'm like, yeah, I know. You're right. I don't want that. So just biding my time. Just biding my time. She'll get there. She'll get She'll there. Get there. <laughs> You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Well, if uh, fancy CGI Godzilla does not do it for you, have we got something for you? Toho, the original people who brought you the original rubber suit Godzilla, have Godzilla resurgence coming out of Japan in 2016. And it's all the rubber suit glory you can handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a, you know what? It's a, it's a well-done rubber suit. Oh, yes, I agree. It <laughs> looks good, and it looks like a well-done movie. But they're and they do a better job than they did in the old days of mixing, you know, live action uh, military and live action weaponry into the scene. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like, oh, look at all those toy cannons shooting at, you know, Godzilla. It looks, they, it's a much better mix. But it's still, that's a dude in a suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at it the is. end of the day, that's still a dude in a suit. This suit is cool though. It's kind of got this burnt, charred look to it. That mm-hmm. is is very different than I think we've seen in previous uh, rubber suit Godzillas, and the tail is much more animated. Yes, yeah, I was kind of kind of surprised by just how animated it was, but it's like it's it, they've got a heck of a string at work on that thing, just <laughs> flopping it all over the place. The arms and claws, however, not so animated. I don't know yeah. if you caught oh, that. Oh, there's, <laughs> there's some definite T Rex influence. They're just kind of there. They're just kind of yeah, yeah. <sighs> but uh, we will. Uh, I, I don't know how long it will be before it's available for us to see here, but uh, yeah, if you if you want guy in a rubber suit stomping on uh, stomping on 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 miniature cities, we got you covered. Well, after everybody lost the daggum minds after Spider Man showed up in the latest Civil War trailer. Uh, everybody started speculating, but what are they going to do with this standalone film they're doing? Spider-Man Homecoming, we now know is the title. 
Uh, they've kind of got a retro look to the logo. And we now know that uh, they're looking at someone very specific to be the villain. It's someone with superhero pedigree, Michael Keaton. I think it'll be cool. I'm excited. I, I, I think it's very meta, very meta. And a lot of people, because he was Birdman, are like, is it Vulture? Is it Vulture? I don't know. Does, is Vulture enough of a villain to carry a whole movie? I, if you play him right, probably. I mean, he's definitely an older villain. So, yeah. you know, that definitely goes to towards the evidence that that's who it is. I don't know who else you would go with that would be interesting enough. Because at least with the Vulture, you've got visuals, you know, the flying. You've got visuals you can work with. A lot That's of the true. other older villains are going to be very um, gangster-like. And grounded. Yeah. 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 You raise a good point with the flight. It does allow for more exciting scenes. So, hmm. All right. All right. I'm still – I was reminded as I scroll through this article, it's still Marissa Tomei as uh-huh. Aunt May, and that still throws me. <laughs> that still throws me. Uh, her biological clock is ticking. <laughs> Well, and uh, I mean, the, Tom Holland's relatively young, right? So I mean, it's yeah. it is a young Aunt May. Yeah, but still, even Aunt May in the comic books was still at least gray haired, right? Yeah. So, and maybe she, maybe they aged her a little too much. In theory, you know, maybe maybe she was more Grandma May aged instead of Aunt May, but. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to see what they're going to end up doing with it. I'm just I'm still relieved it's not the origin story all over again. That it's something different than that. Because I, I don't think they can do the origin story again. I think it's a waste of time at this point. We've got oh, two we can go look up. Absolutely, yeah. One one better origin story than the other. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's. Ooh. But we will have to see if they do, in fact, land Michael Keaton. Um, if it wasn't going to be the Vulture, I mean, the thing is, I mean, yeah, Harry Osborn, but we've we've had the Green Goblin. We've already done that. So I, I, I'd like to see another villain. I really would. But yeah, the only we'll get that I don't know. The only ones that are in the older category is him and maybe um, I'm trying to remember not the Rose. But like I said, they're all gangster villains. They're more kind of not that they didn't do a wonderful job with uh, Fisk and Daredevil. Yeah, but um, for something as as acrobatic and visually uh, appealing as Spider Man, you need something that's a little bit more action oriented. And so uh, that's the only one that comes to mind. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's obviously. I mean, Rhino would be a ridiculous choice, right? Um. Maybe the lizard? Well, if they're going to bring back somebody that they've already done, then they could always do uh, Doc Ock again. Mm, they could. I really like the the original Doc take, though, that they've already done. Yeah. Why am I forgetting his name? Oh, why am I forgetting his name? Throw me the Adelaide. Throw you the whip. Uh, Montea? No. I got gotcha. you. Hold on. You got me. Yeah, yeah. Stalling. Um, oh gosh, he played Tevye on Broadway. Uh, um, Alfred Molina. That's it, Alfred Molina. That's right. Okay. Now I feel better. I can go on with my night. Spider <laughs> Man, where are you coming from, Spider Man? Nobody knows who you are. I don't know if Marvel just decided they wanted to tease me all night long, and boy, that sounds weird. Um, but <laughs> I was uh, the night that I was putting up uh, our show notes to get started for tonight's episode the first time, they brought out the first poster for Doctor Strange, which was a picture of, of uh, from the back of Benedict Cumberbatch in the, in the getup with the flowing cape, and oh, what's the window called? It has a name. The Eye of something or other. Well, the the amulet's the Eye of Amagato. 
Yeah, but I mean, doesn't the window have a name too? Um, I think it's just his Sanctum Santorium. Yeah, yeah. The window to the Sanctum Santorium. Uh, so it's him standing there in front of the window. And I was like, oh, how cool is this? And before I had time to recover from that, Marvel came and dropped a, tra- a teaser trailer on us, which gave us our first look at uh, a number of things. And uh, what was what was your, your responses? What was your reaction? I liked how trippy it was. It, it mm-hmm. It's going to be very visually different than any of the movies we've gotten out of Marvel up till now. Yeah. And I think that's been one of the strong points that Marvel's had is that all of their movies have different feels. You know, Iron Man is very different than Thor, which is very different than Ant-Man, which is very different than Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And um, when you think you would run out of things to do that are different in a superhero genre, this is obviously going in very surreal cerebral ways mm. very agreed and 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 maybe it's the pastor in me but there's something i love about a story of a guy who has everything figured out in his life he thinks you know he knows all the science but someone's about to blow his mind to something he doesn't understand mm-hmm. that opens his mind up more and i'm like oh that's that's cool. I like that. I like that. And 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 I'm also all for any excuse to get Rachel McAdams on tele, on on the on the screen. So she's obviously in this in some capacity. We I didn't realize she had been cast for it until you know there's the scene where he's being run down the hallway and she's one of the nurses that looks down at him like oh it's Rachel McAdams. And oh. I don't know enough about the um, franchise to know who that character would be. I don't know yeah, if it's been either. cast. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of things that I don't know about Doctor Strange. Like, um, oh, I'm going to do this again. What's her name? Played the White Witch in uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh. Hold on. The Wardrobe. Oh, no, that's the original one. That's the BBC one. Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, what's her name? Played the White Witch. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Yeah, she's she's some type of guru mentor to him in this, and looking looking that kind of beautiful, creepy thing that she does so well, doing it so well again. <laughs> yeah, so, which is yeah. interesting because she is playing. I know I know just enough about Doctor Strange to get me in trouble. Um, she's playing the Ancient One, which is the the in the comic books the guy who trains him to yeah. be the the master of uh the arcane yeah but this this is different this is going to be different i i'm interested to see what they're do, what they're going to uh, be doing with it so i i am i am excited i am ready to go uh give give, give me dr strange teach me more i want to know more <laughs> teach me as he said yeah <laughs> What exactly is your superpower, Doctor Strange? I can make circles come out of my head! Wow, that's a strange power. Exactly. And that's useful when? Well, to be honest, never. It's just strange! It's a trap! They're bringing it back up. Sometimes it's a sequel, sometimes it's a reboot. They're bringing it back up to see if we'll pay to see a movie, or maybe we'll pay to see a band we used to really like. And I, were you ever a fan of Living Color? I was not. This one's going to have to be all you. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I don't know if uh, – I, I, now, this is not in Living Color. This is not the, 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 comedy, the comedy show. This is uh, Living Color, the African-American rock metal band. That was uh, uh, you've you've probably heard the their so- the song "Cult of Personality." That's the one song mm-hmm. everybody knows of theirs. But uh, was a very shocking thing to see four African American men playing metal, and or, or, a, a, it was a rock metal. It wasn't hard hard metal. It wasn't like Metallica, but it was it was still pretty hard. Um, and they are producing a new album and are going to go on tour. And I don't know. I, I, you know, the, the tickets look affordable. Only twenty four to twenty six bucks. I can afford that. It's not often I can afford a at a concert anymore. Um, but I am interested to see what the new sound is like. 
and what they're doing. So uh, if if you were a fan of of Living Color back in the day, I'm sure I've got my cassette somewhere around here uh, <laughs> on their stuff. But uh, well, and it and, sounds like I mean, often tours are you know reunion tours are are very much about the money, but it sounds like this one is just kind of excited to do it. From what I was reading. Yeah. Yeah, they're excited to get back together, excited to see the sound they can make. Um, they they don't want to pay service to a sound. They want to find the sounds that pay service to the diversity of their experience, if that makes sense. Um, we come from an experience that informs who and what we are. One of the main things that has informed our experience for good and for ill is that we are black. So they, they, they do not shy away from the, uh, their own experience and what that means for their music. So... I am excited to see how this turns out. I could I could see myself picking up that album. Yeah, I think it'll be fun to see what they come up with. Play with me. Sometimes you want to take things and uh, keep them on your shelf and save for posterity. Sometimes you want to get back and play with those things that uh, scratch your nostalgic itch. And if you do some digging, you could probably find a Nintendo emulator out there somewhere. Really, went on your own to find it. Um, and maybe you can find a copy of Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Or maybe you still got a working NES and still have a Mike Tyson's Punch Out and you just <laughs> blow in a little bit, get it going. Um, but someone has found a newly discovered Easter egg in the game for Mike Tyson's Punch Out all these years later. I like it's how not... the oh go ahead. I, I like how the guy on the video who found it was just so surprised and shocked by it all. Like he was generally excited, genuinely oh, yeah. excited about it. So yeah. Well, it's something. I mean, it's something hiding in plain sight. It's something that's been there all this time, and he's just the first one to draw the connection and notice that uh, to, to 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 spell it out. Um, a while back, someone had pointed out that a flash in the crowd corresponded to a time you should do something specific in the bald bull matchup. Well, he noticed that during the Honda fight that a certain member of the audience dips his head at the exact moment you should punch to knock Honda down. And he sh- in the video, he shows it does. it's not random. It's happening specifically as a tell to let you know when you should do it. And I'm sure people are now going and playing Mike Tyson's punch out and scanning the crowd like mad looking for other signs. Oh, I bet. I bet. Because, I mean, how 20 years and how many people have played these games? And <laughs> we geeks are all about like scouring what we love for anything like this. So or for being it to... a comp- or being a completionist wanting to get every little nugget out of something. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it, I understand why he's so kind of astonished and surprised by it all because it's very <laughs> cool. It makes me wonder if somewhere out there, there's some kid that noticed it and just forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he did. He just didn't tell anybody. He like, yeah. Just oh, didn't I... think it was a thing. And here's this guy puts it up and, he got 4,380 karma points for it. So good on you. Enjoy your fake points. <laughs> Enjoy your fake internet love. Um, but, yeah, I man, I loved that game. Never beat Mike Tyson. No. Never beat. Never, f- faced him, and he always just you know, trounced me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was back in the day that you didn't save the game you got that little code at the bottom of the screen that you had to write down on a piece of paper and you would enter the code in to continue from that point. After uh, you beat I, I remember, boxer. I remember back in the day where you would have to just not turn off the TV. <laughs> that pause too, it and walk that away. Too, that too. My brother had gotten to the very last level of, uh, I think super Mario brothers and 
was just it was like three in the morning and he's like i gotta go to bed i'll I'll do this tomorrow morning and my dad walked by and was like oh who left this on and turned it off oh no (laughs) tears tears to start your day Oh, he was oh. so upset. And and it was one of those things where you're upset, but you can't get mad at anybody because you know it wasn't malicious. So he was just like, oh. Dad, why did you have to worry about conserving power? We got plenty <laughs> of it. Why? Why? I'm rough like a freight train, smooth like ice, and you're just straight up. I think I can beat Mike Tyson. And with that, it's time to go back to present day. We hope that we haven't permanently destroyed your childhood. If you'd like to suggest something for us to look back on, you can email us at IRememberedBetter at gmail.com. You can follow the show at IRI Better, follow me at Revenant Geek, Ryan Allgood98, and Joe, where can we follow you? Uh, you can send me an email at joehogan at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow uh, Geektitude, which is my podcast. It's a geek culture podcast, and it's at uh, at Geektitude on Twitter. But my personal Twitter is at Epic Grays. So tell me a bit more about Geektitude in general. Like what you say, geek culture podcast, but like what does it encompass? What is what? What's the what's the the elevator pitch, if you were? Well, the elevator pitch is is the Geektitude is. Uh, Exploring the inner geek in all of us. We all have different levels of geekdom. And so your geekitude is a combination of geek and aptitude. And everybody's geekitude is high in some areas and low in other areas. And so we have different people on. We interview them to find out what their areas of geekitude are. And we try and show how diverse geek culture is and can be. Cool, cool. Sounds like a, a good thing. I see why Ryan had so much fun doing it. If you'd like to find out more info uh, on what, what's the what's your uh, website for your specific for, for Geektitude, where can they it's find it? Geektitude.com. Geektitude.com. Uh, our Facebook page is Facebook.com slash IRIBetter. Our uh, website is IRIBetter.com. Uh, our voiceovers are provided by Amy Bree Love. You can follow her on Twitter at VoiceWork, that's Voice W E R K, and through her website, www.amiebreedlove.com. We're part of the Signals Media All Star Network podcast family at SignalsMedia.com. Please rate us on iTunes and more importantly, tell your friends all about us. Join us soon for episode 130. We'll see you in the future. In the past. I'll get a drink and hope that the leftovers I ate weren't too old. <laughs> you ever have that when you have the leftovers that's kind of right on the cusp, but you're not sure, but you're like, I'll chance it. And you're like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> and then you're, and then the entire evening you spend going, hmm, every uh, little rumble, every little may, maybe shrimp, hmm. maybe shrimp stir fry wasn't the best thing to eat on the bubble. We'll have to see. <laughs> that was a good story. Thank you for finding. And the next one I really like. Good find. Good I couldn't find. remember. Had you seen? Had have you guys covered these yet? No, no, we haven't. Oh, I'm so excited! And I'm a huge Herculoids fan from way back. So I'm nobody knows the Herculoids. I'm so know, happy you're I a Herculoids love the Herculoids. <laughs> <laughs> what was that thing that? Oh, the, the the I'm trying to think. Remember the names of all the creatures in? I mean, the Gloop and Gleep or whatever they were, but. The rhinoceros thing, triceratopsy thing. That shot the pellets out of his, his head, yeah. Head, yeah. I don't remember the, the dragon very much. Was he he had like a laser horn? L- laser eyes. I think he laser, had laser eyes. eyes. Okay. Yeah. And then the the rock gorilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I need to go look up some Herculoids. Did mm-hmm. the humans have powers? I don't remember. Uh they were just really heroic. You know, okay. the, the, the I mean, he, the little boy would had those same pellets, but he shot them from a slingshot, and uh, the dad was kind of, uh, kind of a Conan the Barbarian type of thing. I Not always to be get confused with Thundar the Barbarian. I was just gonna say I always get him confused with Thundar. Yes, which was also fun with this little lightning sword and everything. Oh, oh gosh, he played Tevier on Broadway. Uh, it's killing me. It wasn't Mandy Patinkin, was it? No, it wasn't Mandy Patinkin. I was no. going to say Tevye no. on Broadway. I was like, hold on. No, no, no. He, no this guy did play Tevye on Broadway, though. I remember when they, on the Tonys that he, he sang that night. 
No, not Harvey Firestein. We saw him. <laughs> oh my God, Harvey Firestein. Yeah, we, yeah, we, act, we saw. We, we, no, 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 not as Doctor Octopus. <laughs> no, but we we went we went to see. Uh, my wife's yelling out, reminding me. We went to see uh, Fiddler on the Roof out of Broadway, and Harvey Firestein was playing Teddy. If I was a rich man, <laughs> yeah, da, 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 da. yeah, that was that was interesting. Okay, uh, did, you, did you find it or I didn't? Wanna, I did it. Hold I, on. My, Doc, my Google Foo is not doing well for me. Um, Alfred Molina. That's it, Alfred Molina. That's right. Okay. Did you see the article about how Ben Cumberbatch doesn't understand why producers like to advertise their movies from his backside? No, I didn't see that. <laughs> I did not see that. Yeah, I'll have I, to see if I can find it and toss it in there. Um, but I did there, see that. I did see that he went to a comic book shop and bought a Doctor Strange comic in costume. I thought that was awesome. Oh, that is while cool. they were filming. While they were filming, he went in and did it. Oh my goodness, they're remaking Suspiria. I don't know that. Tilda Swinton. It's a it's a seventies horror film. Real that. Uh, Sargento, yeah, it's it's this dance academy. Uh, this girl goes to join a dance academy, and it's actually a uh, a uh, no, it's Dario Argento. Yeah, it's and it's like all this these weird grisly murders start happening to all the girls there. It's old school slasher flick, but uh, they're remaking it apparently. Huh. I have a friend of mine who's probably screaming right now listening to that bit of information. <laughs> Um, I, I do have to say, and I think I've, I've tweeted this before, but every time you say it's time to go back to present day, <laughs> I scream at my radio, no, no, I don't want to do that. Present <laughs> day sucks. It. Present day has responsibilities <laughs> and bills and taxes and crap. This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really?